Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and that dude on the other side of the screen is my brother, Dusty. Dusty, what is going on? Not much, buddy. How are you? I'm doing really well and super excited to be doing these old Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah, totally. That little thing that you were holding up on the YouTube screen right there it looked like a little rake. What would your what would your stalker name be? The Raker? Oh, that's a great idea. So no, this is just a fun thing that I like to hit my kids with. Oh. It's actually a back scratcher. It extends. <laughs> Oh, so cool. I do that. It's just at my desk and I put it down and I, you know, cause if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it's really cool. It extends and just scratches my back. But I have a question for you, dude. Mm. What would your stalker weapon or not necessarily power? Cause it's not power, but like, what would your stalker weapon be? Cause you know, we have electricity with Dynaball, Dynaball, Dynamo. And then you also have a uh, buzzsaw. Then you have uh Sub-Zero and you have Captain America. No, Captain Freedom. What would your special weapon be? I think it would be a mace. And you could call me the mutilator. That's what I would be. Nice, the mutilator. So you would literally take a mace and bash their head in and like spiked, Negan. Yes, a spiked from, mace though. Yes, like Negan. Yeah. <laughs> from The Walking Dead. Nice. Yep. Yeah, what would you'd yours be? Special, you'd have a special bonding relationship with your mace. You'd call it something like Denise. Or something like that, <laughs> right? <Yep. laughs> For sure. So you, everybody, you know, you guys wouldn't know this, but Denise is his wife's name. And that's yep. what Negan, you have to kind of follow the walking dead. Mm-hmm. But I have a special power. So, you know, you know, fire is really cool. Electricity is another really cool one. Buzzsaw is not really elemental, but, you know, they're using a lot of elements. I would be dust man. I would be throwing, because my name's Dusty. I'll be throwing dust everywhere. So much dust <laughs> that it would be choking you it was so bad and gotcha yep yep everybody needs their COVID 19 mask when they're handling when they're being, <laughs> when they're being chased by dust what was your name again exactly. dust the duster dust man oh dust man gotcha gotcha dust buster is pretty good but i think <laughs> dust, dust <man>. buster <laughs> for sure all right everybody so if you haven't guessed or if you didn't look at the show title we're going to be talking about the running man the classic arnold schwarzenegger action movie we absolutely loved it uh, when we were growing up And, uh, of course, spoiler alert, right? You had to have seen the movie before you listened to us. You're not going to get nearly as much fun or enjoyment out of this podcast or the YouTube video if you're watching on YouTube if you haven't already seen the movie. Just speaking about the trailer real quick, you and I really do not like trailers just in general. We don't watch them. But because we've seen this movie, we go back and we watch the trailer. And you know it's going to happen, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger is fighting bad guys. He's going to end up killing them all. But right at the very end of the trailer, you see Jim Brown... You don't know that he's like got fire gas thing, but you know, uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or um, uh, what's his name? Richards. Richards, you know, Richards says need a light and throws a thing at him and he covers his face. And, you know, it's obvious he's going to die. So you kind of see ahead of time uh, how one of the stalkers is going to die. And that's why I hate trailers. I never watch them because those brief little glimpses into the movie, they kind of ruin things for you. And if you're a big Jim Brown, Jim Brown fan, you're going to see him in the movie and you know, oh, he's going to die at some point. I'm not going to watch that. Jim Brown dies. I don't Mm -hmm. like it when Jim Brown dies. (laughs) I agree. And you're absolutely right. So it was probably right around, I want to say when the first Avengers came out, you told me, hey, you know what I don't do anymore? I said, no, what's that? Because before 
watch and learn podcasts and all that sort of stuff. Like we were just talking because we always love talking about movies and everything we watch. And you said, I don't watch trailers anymore. I said, what? That's so stupid. That is like <laughs> so awesome watching the trailers. And I made fun of you. You said, dude, just try it, especially a movie that you really know you're going to watch. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And I, I want to say it was for the Avengers, like either the first one or the one they faced Ultron, um, one of the two. And I didn't watch it, the trailer, I mean. And then I watched the movie, night and day, totally. I'm I'm definitely one over, never, ever watching trailers. Unless it's a movie, I'm like, yeah, I probably don't want to watch it. I'll watch the trailer to see if that makes me want to watch it. But if I know I'm going to watch a movie, I never watch a trailer because it spoils so much stuff. Even if it doesn't, it still gives away way too much. It does, for sure. There was a recent movie called Guns Akimbo, starring Daniel Radcliffe action movie, guns firing stuff. That's all I had to hear. I saw the movie poster of him holding two guns, all beat up face, Daniel Radcliffe shooting guns at bad guys. I didn't need the trailer, so I watched the movie. Now, I didn't really enjoy the movie. It was okay. <laughs> I don't know, but, but watching the trailer ahead of time, I still would have gone to see the movie, and I still would have felt probably about the same about it, you know? But if the if the, if the the actors in it, if the idea of it appeals to you, skip the trailer, like we said. Absolutely. And yep. so all the movies now, we don't. And what's great, though, is going back and watching the trailers again and being able to pick things out. So I really remember the running man i'm definitely nostalgic of all these 80s movies because growing up i mean shoot you had so many of these arnold schwarzenegger type movies and 90s was more um uh, jean-claude van damme right little you know early 90s but we and sylvester stallone but you have these big actors and bruce willis but I, i just love how arnold schwarzenegger really stuck with his catchphrases his catchphrases that he always had and from commando he had a few little quips or a few little like, um, you know, hey, what happened to Sully? I let him go. Which he literally let him go, but he died and all that sort of stuff. Same thing inside The Running Man. Very, very similar where, oh, what happened to Buzzsaw? Oh, he had to split. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like making up really like dad jokes. Really, really fun. So I really like watching back and watching these movies again. What do you think? I feel the exact same way. Movies nowadays, they don't seem to really put those uh, uh, quotes or those those awesome phrases in them, not as much anymore as they used to. And that's one thing. I felt totally nostalgic watching this. This came out in 1987, I think. I was 10, you were 8, and I guarantee we saw this right away on VHS. And I've seen it probably at least 20 times from, you know, growing up and on, owned the VHS back in the day as well. Absolutely love this movie. Feel nostalgic the whole time. Um and uh, just thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, once again, like there's nothing to dislike about this movie unless you're like not an 80s action fan. I can understand if you don't like those kinds of movies, you're not going to like this one, you know. But if you're into any kind of action and if you're into Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, uh, Maria Conchita Alonso, I mean, th- you, you cannot dislike this movie. I agree. When was the last time you watched this? Can you remember when the last time? Probably 20-ish years ago. Maybe. I would say probably me too. When we literally owned it on VHS, mm-hmm. that's probably the last time I watched it. But I'm so glad. Honestly, I've been really, really much more happy going through watching these old movies because we know we enjoy them and we know we're going to have fun talking about them. And it seems like a lot more people are listening to the podcast with these older movies because we're all nostalgic. We all just love talking about it. So there's so many great things about The Running Man. Now, I the as I'm watching it, the first thing that comes to my mind is more nostalgia, like being young, being eight, nine, 10 years old, watching this. And, but as I'm older now, knowing a little bit about um, firearms and things like that, I just laugh 
when same thing with commando you see firing from the hip every single time like there's no literally no aiming it's just from like the rifle is if you're watching on youtube you go to watch and learn podcast.com forward slash youtube you can see us but they just lower it to their hip and it's just like this and they're just flaying it around it's it's called spray and pray and i guarantee you you would literally not hit anything if you shoot like that but they hit everybody everybody gets hit like this and so nowadays i love movies like john wick which we have to do either john wick or something like that i mean we have to make sure we cover those because those shooting skills are so amazing as opposed to this like this is just and being a kid i'm like oh shoot yeah yeah that's how they shoot guns they just shoot it from the hip and that's how it hits everybody yeah. Yep. And it's just a, it is funny. Now I think looking at it, especially like wide shots or something, those, those quick hip shots might look really cool. Somatic cinematically is probably why they do it, but you can imagine they don't really have anybody on set giving them guidance into what actually could happen and what could in these old movies, at least like you mentioned, things like John wick and taken. Yeah. They rely heavily on actual tactics and what could work to make it more realistic, you know, but this kind of movie back in the eighties and a lot of the stuff in the nineties that you were mentioning, they were just on they were just intent on uh just entertaining the audience you know and it doesn't matter how realistic or or unrealistic something was looked cool let's do it that was their uh that was their modus operandi back then and i think on top of that the audience is getting i'm gonna say getting smarter they're just more akin to they're like oh that's in the past we've already seen that before let's see something new and so movie producers writers actors everybody realizing we got to up our game like every single time we got to up our game that's how we can make sure we keep getting and watching movies so let's jump right into your grade for the running man what's your grade i give it an a Solid A, really fun to watch, fun watching it again. All the death scenes are cool. You love seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger help his buddies out. You get a little bit sad when each of them dies throughout, you know? You want to see um, uh, Amber's character, or Maria Conchita Alonso's character of Amber, succeed and live through the end, too. And so uh, you're, like, emotionally invested in everybody because the interesting thing is Richards, he was wronged, right? He was trying to do the right thing at the Bakersfield Massacre. He was the one going against orders, and all the other guys on the helicopter, they said, hey, our boss says shoot innocent civilians. We got to do it. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. It, it puts you automatically on Richard's side from the start, and you want to see him succeed in the end. And I think that... Uh, that drive, like wanting to see him succeed, makes it so much more fun when he actually does in the end beat Killian. Oh, speaking of Killian, the guy's name is Damon Killian. Is there a more evil name than Damon Killian? <laughs> <laughs> Two on yeah, the he nose, played huh? It perfectly. It absolutely is. Like, oh man, I just heard his name. I think he's probably a bad guy. Yeah. That's what you should immediately be thinking. So I wanted to give this grade a little higher because of nostalgia before I watched it. But as I watched it, I'm not going to give it a B because of nostalgia's sake. I'm going to raise it up to an A minus. Mm. Now, the reason why it's A minus, there's a couple lulls in the movie that I'm kind of like, oh, kind of drives me down. When it's easy when he meets the girl and whatever her name, Maria Conchito Calaro, whatever it is. Um, she like you have to hear that part, you have to see that part, but it just kind of it's. It, I don't know if they did it the best way. They could have done it better. I don't know. I'm not creative. I'm just saying. That was a lull. A couple other little lulls that they could have done. But in all, it was really fun. Nostalgia takes great. And like you said, if you don't like 80s action movies, don't watch it. Like, it's just, this is not going to be, like, my wife was in the room with me watching it. But she's like, why do you like this? I'm like, because it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Now, now, this is so interesting. This movie shows Richards in a helicopter with a food riot and things going on in Los Angeles. 
and the government's telling them, fire on them, you know, kill them, there's writing, blah, blah, blah. This was set, and if you watch the beginning, it says 2017, economies collapsed, blah, 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 all this bad stuff is going on, and it's rioting, and this is what's going on. They're, they were just three years too early. If they would have, would have put 2020, they would have been perfectly right on. Just add three more years, it would have been perfect. For sure. It would have been. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing is always possible. What I found interesting, too, thinking about thinking back back to like the Coliseum and actual gladiators and stuff. That's, you know, offering these death matches is how they appease the audience when you have an unruly, not unruly or or restless uh, citizenry. Right. That's what you do. And I guess in this future time, they did it. Who knows? That that kind of thing could happen nowadays. (laughs) I kind of doubt it. You know, all the social whatever. I don't know. I, I, I doubt it could happen, but th- it's it's very possible that we might see something like that in the in the future. I like the way that you say it's possible because I personally think it's naive yuppie people that say, "Ah, oh, you know, in a democratic state or a country like ours, I doubt it will ever. I don't think it'll ever happen." Like you are so naive, or you're so stupid, or combination of everything, where you have no clue of history. Like things change. It doesn't matter if you don't think it will. It possibly will. Like, what's that Murphy's Law? You know, um, uh, whatever bad possibly could happen will happen or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, it possibly can. And I hope it doesn't. I hope when I'm 80 years old, when our we, we are our dad's age, and I hope I don't look back and say, Sky, I remember when we had electricity yeah, I know. and running water and toilets. Yeah. I remember that. Wasn't that and the grocery best? stores. And grocery stores, mm-hmm. man, that was the life. I hope it doesn't get like that, but I'm not so naive to think that it can't happen. Just think of, oh, we don't need to go on that. Let's, let's go back to the movie. So, yep. yes, because I could keep going down this route. But what I'm thinking about is you have this movie and it depicts somebody in a negative light when it's not the truth. And what's interesting is now with not just social media, but like technology in general, it's so crazy what they can do to bend or change or deceive, you know, visually and audibly. It's so crazy that this absolutely can't happen. So a lot of things that they did in here, it was really interesting. Like you see the lady walk inside the house, Alexa, turn on the lights, Alexa, turn on the TV. And it's literally, it's the same, yep. it didn't use Alexa, yep. but it used the voice. And so I was like, this is pretty good. Now, do you know who wrote this uh, book or movie? Oh, the original book was Stephen King. Yes. Yes. With his pen name, whatever his pen name Richard was. Richard Bachman. But yeah. Yeah, so that was really interesting that this is made into a movie, but um, I didn't read the book. Did you ever read the book? I did. I did. It was a short story. Might might have been like 75, 80 pages or something. It ends totally differently than this. You know, this is like a nice, fun, Hollywood, happy ending. The story much different. You know, I won't say anything okay. beyond that. No, ruin it for me because I will not read it, but I want to know. Ruin it for me and everybody else. What is the ending like? Okay, if you do not want it ruined, jump ahead 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but for Dusty, in the very end, Richards, and I don't know if that was his name at all, you know, but our running man, escapes the labyrinth, gets in a plane, comes back and crashes the plane into the building, killing Killian and his staff. If I remember something like that happens, the whole building crumbles. Everybody who promotes has a, have something to do with the running man. I believe they all die. Now, that's not going to change the world or anything, but I think if I remember right, that's how the story ends. And I probably read it 20 years ago as well. So I could be wrong about that, everybody. Yeah. So it's definitely some differences. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now let's, and I appreciate you letting me know because I definitely, I'm not going to read it, like I said, but I would like to know the differences. Now, what do you think about casting Arnold Schwarzenegger? Could they have done anybody else? 
Oh, they could have done a hundred other people, but I love Arnold right. in this movie. He was great. Who would have been better? I guess the better question, who do you think would have been better or is Arnold the best pick? I think Arnold's the best pick um, for, for, for what was required. Big, strong dude, take out other big, strong dudes trying to kill him. I mean, I guess you could have done Arnold uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone or something. But all the other action movie stars at that time, nobody was as big and as buff as him. Lou Ferrigno? But Lou Ferrigno doesn't have the charisma that Arnold Schwarzenegger does, you know? So Arnold's my pick. So I got I got one guy better. Hmm. So remember last week we did Commando and Bennett... Dad bod. He would have been phenomenal. Dad bod would have took that. Everybody. I'm just kidding. Yep. So everybody watching this, go back and listen to the commando one where we picked apart the dad bod of the main bad guy, which mm-hmm. is just rather weird. We have Arnold Schwarzenegger, complete stark difference between him. And, but um, I personally think Arnold did a fantastic job and he's just like the perfect guy for a perfect actor, perfect everything for it. Um, so what would you say is your number one lesson that you learned from the movie? My number one lesson is nobody likes a liar, right? As soon as Killian and the network were found out to be liars, the whole audience turns against them. And I guarantee everybody watching at home was totally happy when Ar- when Arnold and his army of dudes came in, stormed, killed them all. Everyone was happy when they found out that he was pulling the wool over their heads. Um, Price, Wit, uh, Hillman, and Haddad, or whatever their names were, were dead this whole time, but they thought they lived and they were living on a beach on Maui. Um, yeah, so lying, it, it, uh, nobody likes a liar, I guess, is the end of the lesson. I think that's a great, great point because everybody realizes that they've been lied to. Now, they're not going to realize everything, but they're going to realize some things. And definitely seeing the helicopter footage, like the raw footage, it's not just the, um, the, the TV show. They're not the ones that aired it. Everybody knew, already knew about the butcher of Bakersfield from the media, from the government, from everywhere. They painted him as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. So they're not just questioning the game and the TV show. They're also questioning, I think now, what is the go- what else is the government lying oh, to me? That's right. Lying to us about. So it was really, really interesting seeing that. And you also see it with Maria. I think that's what her name was, but uh, whatever her name is in the movie, when her character sees that the media is literally saying many people died and he shot people and, and all that sort of stuff. She's like, but that's not true. That's not what happened. And it's rather interesting that you're like, wow, what else can they be lying? And that she went down the rabbit hole. And so it's really interesting seeing that. And I don't know if our government or Facebook or Google or whoever is lying to us because we only get what we see unless we actually get shown what the truth is. It's hard. It's hard to see who's lying, but I think you're absolutely right. Once you figure it out, you're like, I don't like being lied to. I hate that. For sure. And you mentioned something earlier about how technology can really, you know, help to hide things and stuff. This movie did a deep fake before deep fakes were ever talked about with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting Captain Freedom and him dying. And then in the end, when you see Arnold again, you know, it's absolutely true or absolutely not true what they were doing in the past. And so this movie brought about deep fakes before deep fakes were a thing, I think. That is super interesting. And obviously, it seems like obviously the story coming from uh, Stephen King, who is just a brilliant writer. I mean, just in general, story creation is just amazing. Really, really thoughtful or creative in his thinking. Think, you know, perceiving that could happen. I'm like, wow, that's, I would, I'm obviously only being eight years old, I never would have thought of that. But yeah, thinking of what the future could hold in the future, even just 20 years from now, what they can actually be doing, we have mm-hmm. no idea. Yep. So my first lesson is, and it's, and it came with, and there's a lot of lessons in here, but one that really stuck out to me was buzzsaw, you know? And so 
track with me. Buzzsaw's dead. He's lying on, or they think he's dead, or Arnold thinks he's dead. He's lying on the ground, and he goes over them. He's really hesitant, and he looks down. He sees Buzzsaw, and you don't know if he's dead or not. Pausing that, I remember there was The Simpsons. Always goes back to The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. There was a Simpsons episode where it was a Halloween episode, and Ned Flanders becomes, I think, a werewolf or a zombie or something like that. And Homer's driving. It's the middle of the night, and he runs over Ned Flanders. Ned Flanders, boom, he's on the ground. He's dead. What Homer does is what Arnold should have done, or uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Richard should have done. He grabs a stick and pokes him like like this. I'm going to get my scratcher. And pokes him in the eye. Like, and, yeah. and keeps poking him in the eye. Like, that's literally like when I go hunting and I step up on a deer and I, after I shot, shot a deer, you know, harvested them and they're, they're on the ground. I let them expire. Uh, and then eventually they die. I don't just walk up. Hey, let me grab the antlers. Cause if I've seen videos where they get up and they actually gore the person because oh, they're geez. not actually dead. You come up from behind, not from where they can get up towards you, you come up from behind them. So they have to get up away from you. And then you get a stick and you poke them in the eye ah. to make sure they're dead. If you poke them in the eye and they don't get up, they're probably dead. So Interesting. that's a big lesson. Poke them in the eye. For sure. That's a good lesson that we learned from the Zombieland movies, right? Double tap. Always do that. You got to make Double sure before you get tap. too close and give them the chance to eat you, you know? Um, Absolutely. So yeah. which which one is your favorite kill out of all of them? Do you have a favorite kill? I do. It's the Sub-Zero death scene. I think it's because it was the very first scene where you see that he's they are in a life or death situation these stalkers are out there to try to kill them he has a a hockey stick that has a blade is able to cut through metal fences and stuff right the danger was there his ultimate death was cool being wrapped around his neck with the barbed wire but then at the very end you get the best line in the movie <laughs> richard says <laughs> here is sub zero now <laughs> Plane zero. (laughs) (laughs) Best line in the movie. And so that's why I love that scene. And as they're walking away, they give each other a high five. That was was pretty good. My, my favorite line is from the old lady and the very end. She goes, I pick Ben Richards. Oh, you can't pick Ben Richards. It has to be a stalker. I could pick whoever I want. I pick Ben Richards. He's one bad mother effer. <laughs> yep. That's so good. <laughs> oh, speaking, I love that line. That was great in that in that movie. Speaking of choosing Ben Richards, my Monday morning quarterback is when she chose Ben Richards out in the gambling area, the dude says, $100 on Richards, $100 on Richards. And they took it and he wrote the odds 100 to 1. Okay, Ben Richards just yes. got done killing three stalkers in a row. How is he not? How are the odds not two to one or one and a half or one to one? One to one. One one and a half to one. You bet a hundred bucks. If you win, you get 50. This guy is so good. We're pretty sure he's going to kill the next. So a hundred to one odds. I would bet almost my whole fortune on that. Yeah, I'll put a dollar down and win a hundred. I mean, shoot, that's great. I saw that. I was like, whoa, a hundred to one. Do these writers or the director have no clue what betting actually is? Like literally you've never been around a racetrack. You've never seen anything like that's just, but who knows? Maybe because they were like, this is weird. I don't know. Should we do this? Should we? Oh, you want it? You got it. Yeah. hundred to one. Okay. (laughs) I saw that same thing. I was dumbfounded. If anybody bet on the next stalker and not Richards at a hundred to one, they're complete idiots. And you need to disown somebody like that as a friend or family member even. (laughs) Yeah, I want to say my favorite death is going to be a one that's a little different than like a stalker death. 
it was literally the head being blown up of uh, Ricardo or whatever that dude's name was that was running when the uh, oh. fence line did not turn off. He just starts running. Yay, I'm out of here. And poof. It's like a, it was like a, um, a cherry being just like squished. I thought that was pretty good. And the body just goes, yeah. Boom. His name was Chico. And I remember that because we had just watched commando watching this. Chico was the guy, um, in the Casa who said slitting a girl's throat is like a slicing warm butter with the knife, whatever his quote was, right? That's the exact same guy. And you've seen him in a ton of movies. If they ever need some kind of like Mexican um, extra in a movie who maybe has one or two speaking lines, but does some action and stuff in the eighties, that was your go-to guy. I didn't realize that, but yeah, that makes a lot of, or like, I recognize him now that you say that that's fun. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like <laughs> so that. I like Chico's death of Chico. Mm -hmm. So if you were to have be the, the, what is it? The uh, mutilator and you have a mace, what would your area be? Cause my area would just be like a dust bowl with mm -hmm. a cactus and they could jam them onto a cactus and stuff like that. And it's dust flying everywhere. Big Coliseum with a bunch of dust. Where would yours be? It would be a hall of mirrors. Like you see in James Bond movies and stuff. <laughs> That's what it would be in. Yeah. But or, I have the place memorized. I know what I'm doing. I look up. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how exactly it would work, but I know where they're at. And I remember another one with Arnold Schwarzenegger was the Conan the Barbarian that had mirrors. Remember, if you were he had to break all the mirrors and it got the bad guy dying, so it just did. wanted to piece together mirrors. And Arnold, yeah. he's been there before; he might kill you. So there's just, been a just, lot just, of movies with mirrors, right? Tango and Cash. We talked about that at the end. There was a mirrors James Bond yep. movie. There's so many movies with mirrors in them. It's just one of those weird John, set pieces. John Wick. Yeah. Oh, John Wick. Didn't John Wick? It was like in it a weird glass room glass. with TV screens, but the same kind of effect. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So that's one of those set pieces that you used to see a lot, maybe occasionally now. Wasn't it also in, um, by Bruce Lee? I think it was a mirror one. That's the first one I remember seeing. Enter the Dragon. Dra dragon, yeah. I think. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Cool. So what is cool. your uh, yeah. Monday morning quarterback? My Monday morning quarterback would be to not go after, like, contact your brother before you go and break into his house or just go and show up to his house. I know that you might be thinking they might track or, you know, listen to the phone calls or whatever, whatever it might be, but lie low, like don't do that. But then after that, why go to Hawaii? You're on an Island. You can't go very far. That's just stupid. And you have to travel very, go to the mountains, be like um, matrix in commando, there you go, go in the mountains and stay far away where you can stay hidden. Nobody can find you all that sort of stuff. That's what I would for do. For sure. For sure. But that scene gave me my prop from the movie. I want his travel outfit, Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> glasses, hat, white pants as well. That's what I want for my prop. <laughs> so good. I don't know what I would, what's, what's your Monday morning quarterback? Um, um, Oh, um, what was it? Oh, the 101, 100 to one on Richards. That thing, it should have been two to one, one and a half to one, whatever it was. Oh, that's yeah. Got it. Okay. That's what you meant by the money, money. Quarterback. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my prop, I'm kind of torn between the two, but I would, cause I, I really liked uh Dynaball. I really are dynamo. Um, I like his shooting, but dude was just fat. Like I just thought who in the world would I pick thought him the as same a thing. It would be a gigantic, a gigantic oh. prop in your house or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I whoever did this was just rather silly. But um, I liked 
uh, Jim Brown. What's his uh, fire fireball? Is that his name? Yeah. Was his name fireball? Mm-hmm. Yes. I like his flying suit and his flamethrower. Mm. His flamethrower was a little weak in my opinion. Like if you look at real flamethrowers now, in fact, I want to say Elon Musk. Did you see that he was selling flamethrowers? Yes. $2,000. Yeah. He, yeah. And he called this something else. It was like, uh, in order to be able to ship it, he called, do you remember what he called it? I can't remember what it was called, but yeah, it, it was a different name. And on the box, it said, this is not a flamethrower, but it was a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And so that's the type of flamethrower that I'm thinking that Fireball had, but he should have had a better flamethrower that was like in the military. Like those flamethrowers are amazing. If you see what they are actually flo- throwing, it is so hot. It is so crazy. The fireball is so much bigger. Yeah. It's super awesome. But yeah, so for me, it's the chain mail too. Everything that Jim Brown had. Good, good. I like that choice. But I thought that of that too, but I think from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think my prop was that flamethrower. So I already have one in my prop room, in my Hollywood memorabilia room. Got it, got it, got yeah. it. Cool. What is your second so what is lesson? Your, so my second lesson, well, before I get to mine, I want to know what your second lesson is because it might be the same. Okay. Mine is, I don't know exactly how to word it, but being exasperating um, may help you get your way. So in the airport, when they were trying to go, he was digging through his bag, big line of people. I, My wife puts this, I can never find my stuff. And the, the guy says, ah, just go, just go. You're good. And that kind of thing happened to me once. I got pulled over on the freeway a few years ago and my glove box, my glove compartment sticks and I can't open it. Like the latch is broken. And he pulled me over license and registration, please. I said, here's my license. Hold on a second. It's in here. I got to try to open it. And I showed him how it was unlocked, but the latch wouldn't open. And eventually he seemed like he got frustrated (laughs) me not being able to open. He goes, okay, just drive safely next time. And he let me go. (laughs) How can we use that to our advantage? That's well, a just brilliant be exasperating idea. when you want something from somebody and they possibly have like power or authority to stop you from doing it. Uh, find a way to to be exasperating. Like I said, make them exasperating. That's a good point. Or like make it trouble on them to yeah. wait for you to be patient. To, uh-huh. Yeah, but that's so good. Just like you so remember, I, I, you got pulled over in Japan for going to no making a bad U turn. But it's very possible because you're a foreigner. The cop didn't want the extra paperwork to have to deal with you, right? So let me tell you that story. So I'm literally driving in Japan with my wife, my four kids, and our dad. So when you hear him on the podcast, that's our dad. So he was with us driving in Japan. I'm literally in Tokyo. Like this is Tokyo, Tokyo, downtown, busy, all that sort of stuff. And we're driving. I'm trying to figure out where to go. I'm literally driving on the left-hand side the first time ever doing it. And I was like, man, I need to turn around. I think I could turn around. So I, and it's a literally a four lane, huge, these skyscrapers all around us, four lanes on each side. And so I'm like, you know what? I should be able to turn around. And I turn around and apparently it was a no U-turn. And as I'm going, there's nobody in the lane that I just turned into. There was nobody in there. But the lane that I was in was heavily packed. I turn around and as I'm driving literally a hundred feet from where I turned around, a cop, uh, a walking on his like not in a car not in a motorcycle or anything a cop just starts walking out in the middle of the street with his baton and, and like his whistle and kind of waving me like uh, go blowing a whistle and flagging me to go aside so i'm like oh man well i could literally just drive around him but oh well i better do what's right i pull over 
And as I'm pulling over, he goes, he starts speaking in Japanese. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying, dude. But, you know, so basically I said, he's probably looking for my license. So I give him my American license. He's all grim faced, like all upset. <laughs> Still from the very beginning, not just the license, but from the very beginning, he was like, I'm hard nosed on this guy. He shouldn't have done this. He saw my license. He's like, oh, I don't understand what this means. And then, because it was still the angry, as soon as I whipped out my um, international driver's license, he went from like, if you're watching this on YouTube, he's like, Err, to like, oh, hi. And he was like, <laughs> he was speaking English, but he was like, oh, that, and he was so different. So, so mm-hmm. different in personality, like stark difference. And then he's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. He's speaking in Japanese, but basically he says, um, go ahead and gives us back and says, go. And like kind of waves us on. Nice. And I leave. I'm like, good. Yeah, that's good news. Because <laughs> more than likely, how are they ever going to, you know, track me down and all that sort of stuff? So long story short, that was good. It exasperated him. For sure. For sure. That's nice. Yep. So my second lesson is don't be a tool. Uh, tool is not the right word. A dick or a jerk. Like Killian. Like he, he lives up to his name. Like he is such a jerk. But he's also, you should not be this two-faced. Mm-hmm. Like he'll tell you right to your face, oh, you're the best person in the world. I love you. I'm not gonna kill you. You're I'm, you're you're gonna be with me forever. Walks away two seconds later, kill that guy. Yeah. Like he he's literally two-faced and he's the worst. I personally hate hypocrites. I just can't stand hypocrites who say one thing to you, but then go and do the opposite or do what they tell you not to do. Or but so do not be like Killian and don't have a bad name like that. If you have a bad name like that, just go ahead and change it right now. <laughs> that's right yeah he kind of reminded me as soon as I, I i realized or was watching the movie again i realized oh that's kind of like what they say about ellen degeneres you know i don't know from experience but everybody talks about her being the same kind of person as killian there and she's definitely canceled by it. like her show's literally canceled now because of how horrible yeah. she actually is yeah and stories are actually coming out people were being quiet about it because they don't want to lose their job and all that sort of stuff but now it's pretty bad <laughs> But yeah, so don't be like Ellen. Don't be like Killian. Yep, for sure. Uh, one other thing. I love how 80s movies often end with the rock and roll music as your heroes are leaving and then the credits start rolling and stuff. But this was a really weird kind of rock and roll ending. It was kind of like a love rock and roll ending. No more lonely nights. But I didn't get like a love vibe between Richards and Amber. It was more like, you know, she was on his side and let's do this together, but not like let's be together. It was a really weird vibe at the end. I love the fact that they played an awesome rock and roll song. It didn't fit with the story, though. Gladiators killing each other and stuff, you know? I definitely agree. It it was a, a fun tune and everything as you're listening to it. One I really liked was Commando from last week. Yes. That was a really good, I can't remember, like somehow, some way. I mean, it was really good. Mm-hmm. And then this one, it was like, eh. But it fit on. But yeah, these 80 movies are so much fun. So much fun to watch. I'm really good. Now, the next movie, we were supposed to do Terminator, which we will. But what is coming out this Friday, Sky? (gasps) Bill and Ted's. I can't remember the name. Number three. Face the music. There you go. Thank you. Yep. Bill and Ted's number three. Now, I know a lot of movie theaters are still closed. And so it's coming out online, which is super awesome. And we, I, I went ahead and got the... Um, if you buy pre-release, you actually get extra bonuses. So we'll get that as well, but we're going to record Bill and Ted's and I'm really super looking forward to it. And I have not seen any, uh, um, what is it? Uh, trailers, trailers for it. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yep. Yep. I haven't seen trailers. I've just seen a movie poster or like screenshots and you could see that, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves doesn't have his beard that he's been having for the longest time with his John Wick movie. So it might be kind of a weird change of pace seeing a, a clean shave in Keanu Reeves, you know? 
Absolutely. And yeah, and I think Keanu is just from the beginning, when you first saw him in, in Bill and Ted's to now and all the movies seen throughout him, he's such a versatile actor. I mean, I've been really impressed with his acting chops. So I can't wait to watch him. And I don't remember the other guy's name, but Alex I'm super Winters. looking forward to it. Alex Winters. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. So am I. Good, good choice for next week. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you liked hearing our Monday morning quarterback, our life lessons, all that jazz, we want to hear from you. So go to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash the running man, just one word, the running man, and leave a comment at the bottom. All righty. Once again, my name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with... Bill and Ted's Face the Music.